this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, Ephesians 1 is where we're going to begin here in just a minute. As you're turning to Ephesians 1, let me review just a little bit. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11, it says that life or life itself is found in the blood. Life itself is found in the blood. So if life is found in the blood, then everything that pertains to my life and pertains to your life is going to be found or come under the blood. So I don't care what you're going through in life, what's holding you back, what's holding you down, life is in the blood. And i got to get a hold of this, and that's where we're going. We're teaching and we're learning. One of our other main scriptures was Romans 3.25. It says, through the blood and by faith. Through the blood and by faith. So i got to get a hold of those things. I'm going to have to learn through the blood, and it's going to take faith. Now, we've talked about a lot of this, so we're going to go a little deeper, and each week we're going to add to it. I'm glad you're here tonight, but listen, I don't want to jump the gun what God's going to do tonight, but the next few weeks, don't miss this, okay? This, this stuff will li- literally revolutionize your life, your heart. You get a hold of this. Man, it has stirred me up in incredible ways. I'm t- telling you, life is, is a great adventure. Peter Pan doesn't have nothing on us. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's a great adventure. Okay, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So he said he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every divine privilege, and every divine resource that's in heaven. He said he has blessed us. Get that, that's, that's past tense. He has blessed us. So the way I get a hold of those is, number one, I've got to find out what those blessings are, those resources are, and then I apply it by faith. Now, a key in this is the last part of that verse. It says, in Him, in Jesus. It's not because how much good you've done this week. It's not because you've read 22 chapters. It's all because of Jesus. That's it. Keep reading. Verse 4. Just as He chose us, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, Paul says right here that God chose us. It's not as if he says, I choose you, but not you, and I choose you, but not you. No, when it talks about that he chose us, this is showing us that salvation is totally dependent on God. It has nothing to do with my behaviors once again. It's all because of God, and any time that I get the things of God, I receive them by faith. It's not by once again how good or bad I mean. It's just because I start understanding what Jesus has done for me. Verse number 5. Having predestined us. Now be real careful here with the word predestined. 
And the reason I want to say that, this once again isn't saying that he, he, he includes this one, but excludes this one. That's not what that's saying, okay? That's, that's not even the, the slightest way. Actually, it, it's God's guarantee for de- the, the destiny of the redeemed. He's guaranteeing some stuff for the ones that have received Jesus as Lord. So let's read the whole verse. Having predestined us to adoptions as sons, how? By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And so what he begins to talk about here is when he says accepted in the beloved, it literally means we were graced with grace. Now what happens with us is when we receive Jesus as Lord of our life, God starts pouring out his grace upon us. And he graces us with grace. Now grace is an empowerment. Grace is a gift of God. And let me give you a little, a little uh, acronym of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. So anytime you think of grace, think of it that way, that I am receiving God's riches at Christ's expense. Verse 7. In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption. Now remember the word redemption means you were bought or paid for or purchased. So in Jesus, we've been purchased. Once again, we've been bought with a price and paid in full with one sacrifice. And with it came a warranty that only Jesus could make. You know what that warranty is? Forever. The blood of Jesus forever. How do you know it's the blood of Jesus? Well, keep reading. In Him we have redemption through His blood. Through His blood. And so when you look at this, the only way that I can walk and live in redemption is through the blood. There's no other way. There's not another substitute. This is it, is the blood of Jesus. Now I want you to note here at the end of verse 7, there's a couple added bonuses here. The forgiveness of sins. Think about that just a second. The only way... Our sins are forgiven is because of the blood of Jesus. Nothing I can do but learn to live under that blood. Nothing. It's all by the blood of Jesus. I don't know about you. You've heard me say this many times. But in my life, I'm very, very, very appreciative of the blood. Because there was a time in my life I racked up a lot of sin. And I thank God that he redeemed me by the blood. And he ends with this. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So right here, the grounds for all grace is Jesus' death. And it was at the expense or the cost of his redeeming blood. So when we think about grace, it's all because of the blood of Jesus, what he did. No other way around it. So every day when you begin to ask God to grace you, understand this, 
It's all because of the blood of Jesus that I come under that blood and I learn to live under the blood and I learn to stay under the blood. And I said this a few weeks ago, when we learn as a body of Christ, as believers, to live under the blood, it'll take a lot of pressure off of you. In other words, it's not about what I do or don't do. It's not about all my activities. I just learned to come under the blood of Jesus. Now turn with me just a couple pages to your left to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's go a little bit further tonight and dig into this. Let the Word of God teach us and instruct us here. 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 6. Your glorying is not good. Your boasting is not good. Now, really, right there, it starts telling me that the Apostle Paul is saying, man, you're boasting or you're glorying. You, you think it's because you, you think you're so smart. You think you're so spiritual. That's not it. So he goes on to say, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole or the entire lump? Now, when we talk about leaven here, this is referring to or illustrating evil or sin in people's life. So let's go back and read it that way. Do you not know that just a little sin leavens the whole lump? Now, the analogy right here that he's talking about is to, to make bread, it takes some yeast. And when you add just a little, little, little dab of yeast, that little dab of yeast will go over or into the whole batch of dough. So right here he's telling me that just a little bit of sin, just a little bit, and I keep messing around with it, will ultimately run the whole batch or get a hold of the whole batch. Verse 7. Therefore, purge, purge. And when I read the word purge, it means to clean out. It means to get rid of. It means to remove. So therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Now, we can review just a little bit last week. Remember, we got over on talking about the Passover, and it's found in Exodus 12. The Passover meant for the the Jews to leave Egypt, or the exodus of, of Egypt. They would take a male lamb that was without spot or blemish, and they would sacrifice him. They would take the blood of that lamb and they would put it on their doorposts or the lentils. And so it literally signified as they came in and out of that house, they were coming under the blood of Jesus. So when you look at this right here, for he says, for indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And so Jesus, he became that Passover lamb for us. He took our place. So as long as I learn to live under the blood, man, God will begin to work in my life in incredible ways. 
But I've got to stay under the blood. Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast. What is that talking about? If you would go back, and I'm just going to explain it to you tonight, back into Exodus 12, the feast that he was talking about was the feast of unleavened bread. So when you go back here and you begin to look at this, he says, therefore, let us keep the feast. So a lot of times we read into that, should we be keeping the same customs they do? Well, look what Paul goes ahead and says here. Not with old leaven. Not with the old way that they did it. Look what he says. Nor with the leaven of malice or evil and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So what he's telling us here that the, the, the feast of the unleavened bread in the Old Testament had to do with bread and it had to do with the blood. So when he tells us here that the new, the new way we're supposed to celebrate is not with the unleavened bread, but of the unleavened bread of sincerity and of truth. So what is sincerity? Sincerity is something that comes from my heart. For me to do something that's sincere, it's an act of my heart. And he said to do it sincerity out of my heart and with the truth. Well, what's the truth? The Word. So I'm to learn to do the Word from my heart. And so when we look at this, when it says here that Jesus was our Passover, what does that mean? That just as the Passover, the Old Testament, pertained to the blood, Jesus was our blood, but also when it talks about the bread... Now get this, John 6, 48, Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. So when we go back and we look at this, Paul's telling us here, you, you keep doing the feast, but the feast we celebrate now isn't of an act of my physical abilities or a physical act like they did, it's an act of faith that I learned to partake of the bread. And so think here. When me and you partake of the communion elements, you know what we're taking? The bread, which signifies his broken body and his blood. There's forgiveness, there's the remission of sin, there's healing and every bit of that. And so this becomes very powerful when I begin to look at it. Now, just for time's sake, real quick, I've got to have you go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. As you're turning there, remember... Everything we do is by His blood through faith. That's Romans 3.23. So if the blood per protected them in the Old Testament, how much more shall the blood of Jesus in the New Testament? Actually, that's Hebrews 9.14. It says that word for word. So just as the Old Testament saints, they understood. Man, when I take of the Passover, I'm going to be protected. We're going to get a walk in victory and freedom. How much more shall the blood of Jesus? That's why we got to understand. We live under the blood in an incredible way. Now here in Hebrews 11, this is the chapter that's called the Faith Hall of Fame. We came to it last week. And over and over and over and over it says, by faith, by faith, through faith, by faith. You read that, that's, that's the title of this, by faith, by faith. And remember last week we talked about by faith 
that Moses observed the Passover. How did that take place with Moses? Well, once again, he got knowledge because of what God said. God told him, Moses, if you'll put the blood on the doorposts and the lintels, there'll be protection. But still, Moses had to act by faith, guys. The only guarantee he had that that would work was what God said. It's the same with me and you. When I read the Word of God, I'm going to get knowledge on how the blood operates, and then I apply it by faith. Same chapter, chapter 11. I want you to see this in verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with, with peace. Now, it's interesting here, it says that she didn't perish with those who did not believe. You know what that did not believe here means? They didn't have faith. They didn't operate in faith. They did not believe the things that were going to take place. So when I read this, what does all this mean? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. And we're going to turn there with this thought right here. Remember last week how Moses had to operate by faith under the blood. When the angel of the death came through there, he said to Moses, he said, the only thing that's going to matter is the blood. It's the only thing that's going to matter. Nothing else will matter, but are you under the blood? You're going to see the very same thing here tonight in this passage. But what I want us all to get here, nothing's changed in the New Testament. I've got to stay under the blood. Joshua 2, verse 1. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there. Now you look and you read this and you think, these, these Hebrew boys, they end up at this harlot Rahab's house, and you think, why would they end up at her house? Well, this was the perfect place for them to go. You know why? Because that place had a lot of activity. There was a lot of business. It, it, it had a red light special is what it had. Now, as I read this, I think this right here. Why would God send these, these men of his to this harlot's house? Well, what I begin to see right here is that when God does certain things, he uses men, he uses women, he uses prostitutes that have simple faith to accomplish His purposes right here on earth. It doesn't matter our past. So when you read this story with this woman named Rahab, who was a prostitute, you're going to find out that she was hungry for the things of God. You'll see that. And also, this is a woman who, you know what she realized? With, with the Lord in my life, my past is not going to dictate my future. Now that can give every one of us in this room hope. I don't care what you've done in the past. When you start hungering for God, 
Those who call upon the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. And this is where this woman's at. So we keep reading here, and what's going to take place is the king of Jericho finds out that she's hiding these spies. And so he comes to her house for time's sake. Go with me to verse 8. Now before they lay down, she came to them on the roof, and she said to the men, I know, boy, I like that right there. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, now listen, she, she heard the Bible stories just like me and you can. For she said, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sahan and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now this was this prostitute saying this. So you know what you see right here? She recognized who God was. She recognized his extraordinary power. And you know what she was telling these two spies? I believe in your God. I believe he's it. Verse 12. Now therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness to my father's house, and give me a true token, and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So she's telling man, you've got to give me a token. You've got to give me some proof here. Same chapter, verse 17. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, Unless, when we come into this land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So what they're telling her is this. You've got to stay under that scarlet cord. You've got to stay under the blood. Now, these two spies were one whose name was Caleb and the other name was Phineas. And these two men, they witnessed what took place in the Passover. They saw what took place because of the blood in their own life. And they knew this, that as long as she stays under the blood, her life is going to be well. Now, when it says for them to hang the, the scarlet cord out of the window, the window in her house was literally her doorway. Her home was built in the side of a cliff, and the only way you got into her house was through a ladder up through that window in the door. So once again, you see this, that the only way they're going to be, be protected, you got to come under the blood. And, she, and they told her, your whole family. And what I begin to see this with our family members, if they'll get in agreement with you on the blood of Jesus, they'll be protected. They'll be protected. Verse 19. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on the head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we'll be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Then she said, according to your words... So be it. 
Now that's what you can do with, with God's promises. It says in the Corinthians, all God's promises are yea and amen in Him. The word amen in, in the Bible means so be it. So when we hear the Word of God and you get in agreement with the Word of God, you look at it and you say amen, you know what you're saying? So be it. So be it. So she tells them there, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in her window. Now once again, the only thing that mattered was the blood. You find the blood throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and I don't believe anything has changed. But we apply it differently. That now we, we apply the blood through faith. And you say, how do we begin to do with it? Well, you begin to agree with the blood. And you begin to speak the blood. And I encourage you to start getting up in the mornings and telling the Lord, Lord Jesus, I come under your blood. Lord Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. And I, I, I speak the blood over my home. I speak the blood over my marriage. I speak the blood over my children. Because the only thing that God listens and look, are you under the blood? Why? The blood qualifies me. Now let me say this right here. Even tonight, if you're, a ba if you're battling emotional wounds, come under the blood. If you're battling crazy or ugly thoughts in your life, Father God, I come under the blood in my mind. Now, the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about pleading the blood, what it means to plead the blood. But I start saying, I thank you, Father God. Cleanse my thoughts with the blood. I come under the blood in my thoughts. And I think I'm safe to say that, that if you're a man in this room, you probably battle thoughts of lust all the time. You say, Pastor, you do? I'm going to tell you guys, you've got to battle that stuff. all. It's before us all day long. That does not give me an excuse to give in and say, well, it's just everywhere. So what begins to happen, even in the area of lust, you start saying, Father God, I speak the blood. I come under the blood in my thoughts. I come under the blood in my tongue. If you've got a problem with your tongue, start saying that. If you've got a problem with addictions, start speaking the blood and say, I thank you, Father God, right now. Because of the blood of Jesus, alcohol has no dominion over me. Because of the blood of Jesus, because I come under the blood. And just start speaking the blood and watch what will happen. I'll tell you what's going to start happening. You getting faith in that? You're going to see a change in your life. You start applying it by faith where you begin to believe it. And this is why I said, man, you're talking about being on adventure here lately. Woo, just speaking the blood, just speaking the blood. Last night at Tuesday night prayer, we had a team in here, and, and I think for probably 45 minutes, all we did was we spoke the blood. And I'm telling you, we started loosening the blood of the lamb, and we started coming under the blood, and there was power in here. Now, I'm going to tell you just a quick story, and I'm going to let you go. I, I speak the blood not only over my life, I speak the blood over my kids. My daughter serves the Lord. My son, he, he hadn't served the Lord quite, quite like we desire him to yet. 
But no matter what the circumstances, what I see or feel or what I hear, I'm not moved with it. And so I've been speaking the blood over him. I, I'm, tell, I'm doubling up on it. I'm in big time. He, he is getting double doses. I say, I say, Father God, I speak the blood. My son's name's Austin. I speak the blood over Austin today. I thank you the blood of the Lamb is cleansing him. I thank you, Father God, the blood is at work in him. And throughout the day, I'll just start speaking the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. My wife talked to him today. He said, Mom, you won't believe this, but he said, I hadn't had any alcohol for the last three and a half weeks. You know what I said? We're going to keep loading the blood on the old boy and let Jesus work. And you know what I'm telling you right now as a parent? You know what a lot of times we want to do? We want to get in their face and say, you knocked that off. Quit doing that. Don't do it. And we try to fix them. And I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, if anybody tried to fix me, you know what I did? Tried. I'd say, yeah, yeah, you keep trying to fix me. But when they started praying for me, and allowing the blood of Jesus to work in me, something started happening It's no different for me and you. So I encourage you, I don't care what you're involved in in life that you don't like right now, start speaking the blood. Come under the blood. Just like in the Passover, the only thing that mattered was the blood. Just like with Rahab the harlot, the only thing that mattered was the blood. And we jump to the New Testament. You find in there, the only thing is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. See, the blood is not without power. The issue is, is the blood is we've quit believing in it. We've quit applying it. And I say we because that includes myself. There's times in my life, you know what, it was easier for me to sit around and complain and call people and say, this is what's going on in my life. When the Lord is saying, just speak the blood. Just speak the blood, buddy. You need a dose of some mass between your two ears. Stand up with me. Let's pray. And once again, I don't care what you're going through tonight. You know certain issues. Let's just come under the blood here. Let's, let's raise our hands to heaven. You know, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, don't. But I'm going to tell you, it'll set you free learning to do that. Father God, we, we look to you and we surrender to you tonight, Lord. And the very hang-ups in every one of our lives tonight, Father God, we thank you that we can repent of them and, man, your grace comes upon us and you forgive us and you cleanse us. But Lord, in areas of our life we've struggled, whether it's cussing, whether it's lust, whether it's just anything that has, has bombarded us, that we just seem we can't get past it, that it's had a grip on our lives. Lord, we ask you right now. Oh, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And I encourage you, speak that out of your mouth. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washed us white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus that makes me whole. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Woo, and we come under the blood tonight. And Lord, as we leave your house, if we, we leave the arena of faith here tonight, Lord, 
Woo, we take, we take the blood with us. And Lord, we pray victory in this room right now. Touch hearts like only you can. And we say thank you, Lord. We thank you for that sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.